Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, most of you know that I'm a certified holistic health coach. I am such a fan of eating organic, clean foods and putting the best products in my system on my body and because I was not like that before. <laughs> I, I didn't grow up knowing about organic food or eating clean or using products that didn't have any parabens in them or non-sulfates and you know all these different toxins that are out that damage us internally and externally. I grew up uh, just eating whatever I could and fast food and, and pretty much eating like shit most of the time. So now that I have more knowledge and more awareness and there's more products out there that provide that type of uh, value, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that I have access to them. I recently became a partner with Thrive Market uh, com, and I started getting all of my supplements from there. So a lot of the times we can't get all of our nutrition from food and it really depends on everyone, right? It's about bio-individuality. One person's food is another person's poison. And so for some of us, some food doesn't make it bioavailable for us to really take in all of the nutrients. So we need to supplement. And I love all kinds of different brands, uh, from Jaro Formulas to Organic India. There's Mega Food. There's Garden of Life, New Chapter, and so on. There's so many uh, really great supplement companies out there. And what I really love is not only the fact that I can get them on Thrive Market now at a discounted price. I know that Thrive Market has done the research on these companies, and they're only gonna provide what they feel suits their standards the best. I really love the fact that having a partnership and a membership with them helps provide for a family in need. So with every membership you get, you give the opportunity to somebody who's less fortunate. And just going back to my history, knowing that I didn't have access to organic foods or supplements or anything of that nature, the fact that my membership is paying for somebody else out there who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford getting these types of high-grade products. It makes me feel so good to be a part of this company and just to have this partnership with them. So for those of you that are interested, go to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash loved. They make it so easy for you to look for what you want. I we, we get everything from there now. I mean, I just ordered our dog food from there, which is incredible because we spend a great deal of money <laughs> on dog food. And it's so great to be able to, again, 
get everything in one place and know that this company is doing all the research and providing the most value they can for everyone. So again, go to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash loved. So let me know what you think. Send me a message. Tell me what you ordered. Send me a screenshot and I'll give you an extra shout out. Patrick Beach and Carling Harps are world-renowned yoga teachers. They travel the world teaching yoga teacher trainings, retreats, and workshops. They are some of the most inspiring teachers in the industry, and I'm so excited I had an opportunity to have them in my home and talk about all the things that are happening in our community. It was so much fun to hear their insight, to hear how they got to where they are, and to hear where they're going next. They also have a podcast called The Breathing Club where they explore the vast world of spirituality, self-inquiry, and yoga-ish literature. We talk all about that, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I cannot wait to hear what you thought. All right, so hey everyone. I'm sitting in my living room with two very special people, and I'm really excited to have them. And we're just sipping tea, and we're just going to hang out in my living room and talk to you guys about really important things. So welcome. Who's here? Introduce yourself. I'm Carling Harps. And I'm Patrick Beach. And we are the power to... No, I'm just kidding. I'm like... <laughs> but we could be if you wanted we to. We can. That's yeah. true. You can. Um, so we were just sitting here having some tea, and I'm actually really excited to have both of these people, incredible people, on the show because I really feel like both Carling and Patrick have uh, not only a very... Uh, powerful passion for yoga practice and they're incredible teachers and what they're doing in the world today I think is very it's very important to I think where yoga is at the moment and where it's going and I wanted to have them on to just talk about what's important to them currently and why they chose yoga and what fun projects they're working on today so we can just go off on a tangent and like this will be edited so it's not going to work. So we can just go on. So um, yeah, go for it. What's important to you, Carling? Yeah, there you go. What's, what's currently important to you? Oh my god, I feel like I'm on the spot. You are. <laughs> I'm like, what's important to me? She's like, this tea is important this to me This tea right is now. important to me. Come on, things besides your puppy. <laughs> <laughs> How many puppies do you guys have? We have one puppy. Right now, or that's just you guys are good with one. Oh my god, definitely just. One. We, have, we, have, we, have this, we have this running joke that uh, we just bought a house uh, a few months ago, and we have this joke that if Carling gets another dog, we're going to just move her and the two dogs into an apartment just down the street. And Patrick will come visit. I'll come and visit from time to time, but house is not big enough for any oh, more dogs. Oh man, we're, we're not to that status of owning a house or anything too major. So no. we're we're happy with our humble little abode in. Uh, in the hills. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, we travel with the dog a good amount. You do? So, yeah, he flies with us. And I think that it, we may have to draw the line if we had to bring two dogs with oh, us. Oh, I don't think studios would probably allow us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that anybody has allowed us to have the dog in the workshop is, is shocking and amazing. Most people are pretty pro the dog being there, but, you know, it's, it's, it's business, right? So <laughs> yes! Like, like, you can't just show up with a dog in her life. You're, you're about to teach. You're about to teach yoga to you know maybe a hundred people or something like that. 
and there's, there's a I'm little Patrick, ten, I'm Carling. This and is there's, okay. There's a 10 pound dog that sometimes scampers around the room. <laughs> Don't fall when you do a handstand. Yeah. He's pretty shockingly well behaved yes. for the most part. But That's like his, actually his best behavior is at workshops. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we bring wow. a we put a, a yoga blanket down and like a bolster and he literally just lays in the back and sleeps on it. And if he gets up to try to explore during the workshop, all you have to do is point at him. And he knows, and he goes back. <gasps> that's so good. That's that's good training, though. I will say that is the only good training. That <laughs> it's his only his only solid he's, behavior. He's he's highly socialized, so it means yeah. he like loves everybody. Meet yeah. any dog doesn't matter, and a lot of Italian greyhounds, it's kind of dog he is, yeah. are very timid, and so that was something that we were concerned about. Yeah. So we got him out there. We got him to meet people and stuff, but we also didn't do anything besides that for training. So like. <laughs> pretty out the window outside of, uh, outside of but that. But he's cute and very friendly. Oh, there you go. There you go. I mean, I, lo- I love animals, obviously. I've got the two. We used to have three, and it was the same thing. Like, I told Tori when we got... We didn't have Chewy. We got Chewy right before we moved to Portland a couple of years ago, like right before, and I'd always be like, I want another dog, and he's like, not going to happen. Not going to happen. And then I'm like, dog food or diapers? Which one do you want? <laughs> It's up to you. Yeah, and so Chewy came along, and you know now, and there was three, and we just had one that passed away. But, but yeah, two dogs, two dogs is is good. Like, still a lot, but three don't ever do three. (laughs) Two seems like too much. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I'm I'm new to this dog experience. I've only been a dog owner for a part time year and a half because I travel so much. (laughs) Right, right, right. I'm working through it. So let's talk about that. So as far as what you guys do, like, will you share with the audience a little bit about what you guys do on the road and what you guys teach? Yeah. So uh, we travel around the world and teach yoga. We go around the world about three times a year. Uh, Over the last couple of years, we've done that. So whether it's teaching workshops or teaching trainings, uh, that's mainly what we do. Sometimes we do some large event-based classes, but really it's based around... Uh, this system of yoga that we've created over the last year, I'd say, called Awakening Yoga. And uh, it's a completely different take on many of the traditional forms of the practice while still keeping true to a lot of the methodology from um, the, the past. Yeah. Yeah, so we usually spend, I don't know, maybe almost 40 weeks a year on the road. I Patrick do. does at least. I'm usually gone like two-thirds of that. So it's a little bit hectic, but in the best way possible. Well, that's a, that sounds like a lot of work, traveling yeah. all the time. But it's also fun to traveling as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, even though sometimes you do get in a rut where you're traveling for work, like, for example, earlier this year, I was on a plane or teaching a class for, like, 45 days in a row. Like, that was pretty intense. But sometimes you're like, oh, you teach over the weekend, then you have four days off to kind of explore your surroundings and then go and teach another weekend you know things like that like everything ebbs and flows i think it's uh the i guess one of the common misconceptions about traveling and teaching or just traveling for work in general is that it's there's like a lot of fun to it or that it's only work and i think again sometimes i feel like we're not working at all it's like really really fun other times i'm like oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) we have like been on the go for so long and I hate all the clothes I have in my suitcase (laughs) not because they're bad clothes but strictly because I'm just tired of dragging them from place to place I just don't want to carry all my belongings anymore yeah Yeah. I just do not want to carry that shit anymore yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, it is but the beauty of it too is you end up going places that you would never have booked yourself to yeah like I don't think I would have ended up in Perth 
Yeah. Uh, like the end of the world, Australia. Wow. But we've kind of gone there every year for the last couple of years, and it's great. And the people are wonderful, and, but I would never have known that. Wow. Yeah. So you, get, you luck out with some good spots. Yeah. yeah. I think you luck out most of the time. I think most of the time it's very good. Mm-hmm. You, I think sometimes it's, it's really just the travel or the flight teach, train teach, flight, car. Like that builds up on you a lot because uh, unfortunately, you know, we just don't fly first class. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. (laughs) But yeah, it was it was optimistic for us during the presidential election last year when we saw the pictures of Bernie Sanders flying coach. So we're like, oh, you know, we're in there. (laughs) Yeah, solidarity with Bernie. Bernie. That's right. (laughs) Bernie's in the middle seat. With someone that could have arguably, you know, become the president of the United States, he was flying coach during his um, during his push to become president. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things too, like once you experience not flying coach, that's when you make that comparison. You're like, oh man, what I could be having right now. No, look, I totally get it. Flying well, why coach don't, Why don't you tell that, ex- that story, Carling? Yeah, please. There's a story? Well, on our last trip home, so in the winter, we were running a training in London. And at the same time, we were trying to buy this house in LA. And we kind of were like in this bidding war back and forth. We didn't know. And... The moment I get on the flight to meet Patrick in London for this training, we have to write this like heartfelt letter to try to get this house, and it's just like this total chaos moment. And I get on the flight, there's no Wi-Fi, and it's just like, okay, it's in the hands of the universe now, we'll see. I get off the flight in London, and Patrick meets me at Paddington Station, he's like, we got the house, but we have to move and close in 10 days. So instead of five weeks in Europe and teaching, we had to book me a flight home right away immediately after this training. So I flew to London, we did this training for six days, and then the next day I flew back to Seattle, packed up all of our stuff, and moved us to LA. But that flight home, when I was booking it with Miles, there was a pretty decent upgrade to first class, and it was a quick turnaround. (gasps) I took the little upgrade, (laughs) and it was pretty nice, I can't lie. By little upgrade, we're talking like 50,000 airline miles. Oh, so pretty much like the whole racket of airline miles you guys have been like building up is like, oh, just this one little, like, I'm just going to take that. It seemed like... And she snuck it in. She was like, can I do it? And I was like asleep because, you know, we'd been doing this training. (laughs) You were technically awake and you did technically say yes. Yeah, but I'm not gonna really lie, fun. it was the best flight home from Europe I've ever had. I bet. It's really nice. Oh, I bet. <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. There's constant comparison. <laughs> well, yeah, because you'll never be able to fly ever again. Like, no, like that was a normal. normal that was a one month. Don't sell us shorts. <laughs> I don't know what our future is. I'm like, holds. never again. Yeah. That's it. That was the <laughs> one chance. time. Live it up, Carly. No, I'm saying, like, you know, you won't ever be able to fly ever again normally, like, feeling like, you know, you've yeah. had that experience. So now it'll only have to be first class. That's it. Yeah. Bump it up. I know. So you better get it together, guys. I see, I see way more training and workshops <laughs> for you guys in the future. So what's it like working together, though, as, like, a couple? You guys are a couple and and also partners in, in training, right? So, mm-hmm. like, how what is it like to work together? The easiest experience in the world. I'm not kidding you. I, it's, it's baffling how wow. easy it is. But we both have such different strengths. And that's what makes it super simple. I'm very random, off the cuff. What was the thing my mom said? It was like oh, practiced, practiced... trained spontaneity. Trained spontaneity. Yeah. And that, that's like really my strength. Like I do 
a lot of things a very active person in terms of like my preparation for the stuff that I do but I'm not very organized and so I can like kind of be trained that trained spontaneity really comes out meaning that you can throw Patrick into like any situation and he can get it together and and make it happen and make it happen well like like I don't plan classes I'm very off the cuff almost all the time and if I was running training myself, it would probably be very similar to that. <laughs> but then insert <laughs> Carlin. Yeah, and I'm uh, I like lists and organization yes. and making sure things are planned and you know so that combination is great because I can push Patrick to make sure that we are really organized and on point and things are yeah. totally prepared. And then at the same time, Patrick can get me to sort of jump out of my comfort zone and maybe do things I wouldn't usually or be open to maybe more new experiences yeah. than I would on my own. Maybe being more spontaneous yes. and not being so... Maybe practice more spontaneity, yeah. oh, that's which great. I don't very often. I know, that's true. <laughs> but, but the key thing, honestly, with that is that we really don't step on each other's toes very much. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that is really important when you work with some with anybody, but especially when you're working with your... Uh, you know, significant other. other as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it also, to be honest, once, if you really are practicing yoga, you can begin to, and I'm not just talking about asanas, I'm mainly talking about, you know, the spiritual and the mental side of the practice. You learn to t- take things a little bit less personally and work from a place of, of understanding a bit more. And I think that really helps. Yeah. Be- yeah. Yeah, I think, and, and it's actually, I want to kind of elaborate on that a little bit more because. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are as far as your own yoga practice, you know, for, for both of you and what that means to you guys and especially how you see it evolving now, you know, it's different from, you know, ten, even 10 years ago, you know, when maybe we were just like practicing, it, it was different, you know, with a, a different emphasis and a focus on different things. Uh, and, and I say that just in terms of our engagement with social media and, and the exposure that yoga uh, is having in the mainstream now, uh, and how it's changing. Right. So, um, you, you just, you, you also said this in regard to, uh, awaken yoga, the, the training that you guys are, are doing or the, the, yeah. the, what you're building. Um, I'm curious to know like what the, uh, ethos is behind it or what your motivations are behind it. Like, where do you see yoga going and what is it for you currently? That's a rather loaded question. I know. I think, <laughs> I think we can break it down piece by piece. Yeah. What part do you want to tackle first, Carl? Well, I think the awakening yoga for us has been this like sort of systematic gathering of information from teaching in all these different places and teaching all these different populations. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy. I mean, one of the beautiful things about being a regular teacher or having a solid student base that you see like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5.15 or something like that is that you really get to feel out and, you know, what worked for these people and you can progress them and there's this growth and community that happens. But what you don't see is what yoga looks like for the rest of the population, right? Mm -hmm. So we are lucky enough to see how things pan out for people in different countries and lots of different bodies and disabilities and what's going on and... I think that's given us a really clear vision on what works in traditional postural yoga for most bodies and what doesn't. So our sort of part of our ethos with awakening yoga was melding together an ode to traditional asana and the ritualistic nature of it, but at the same time finding a way to make it a little bit more movement-based, biomechanically accessible and available to a broader base of people 
right? A little bit less flexibility, a little bit more mobility, things like that, to try to find a balance so that it can be modern and relevant to our bodies today, but still have that ode to the tradition of the practice. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think that when you are a local teacher teaching 15 classes a week or whatever it is, at maybe anywhere between one and five studios, right? I mean, we all did that at We've some all been there. point, right? <laughs> uh-huh, uh, yeah. You know, maybe you, teach, maybe you teach 150 different bodies a year, right? Maybe, right? And we teach thousands of different bodies a year. And that just changes your perspective so much on what you're trying to accomplish physically and also what you're trying to bring to people mentally and spiritually. And I think for us, essential, or I don't want to speak for you, but for me, I want to help people create awareness as to their actual needs. And I think mm-hmm. the yoga practice is a great way to do that, right? For me, when I'm talking about my own practice, because this is part of your question, over time, I really, I've realized that if yoga is my main form of activity, I need to have a very active practice because it's what really stimulates my entire physical system. Whereas if I am doing other things at that time, I can do a more mellow type practice. And, and it's beginning to understand your energies in your body and how to stimulate your system, how to awaken your system, how to uh, treat your body well, right? Because all of our bodies need something that's different. And everybody wants to prescribe you with a one-stop solution, whether it's yoga, whether it's another form of exercise, whether it's a pill you take every day that's going to give you abs or, you know, what pill a is specific... What pill is that? <laughs> Come on. They used to have those infomercials for hydroxycut, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. a dangerous pill. It's a dangerous <laughs> pill, yeah. yeah. Yes. I know. I think, I think this kid that, that I went to college with had a heart attack on it, I think, actually. What? But I can't, no. I, can't, I can't confirm or deny, so maybe edit that out. <laughs> but... But but you don't have to. I think there's everybody wants a one-stop solution for almost everything, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's any truth to that in actuality. I think truth comes from asking questions and from observing yourself and you know, kind of treating your your body and your mind and your spirit and overall your happiness like a science experiment, right? And figuring out how you can balance different factors in your life to create. I don't want to say the reality you're looking for, but kind of, right? How, how you can create your own happiness and really be responsible for it uh, by controlling specific, various factors. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I think it's definitely about becoming more aware of our own self, right? Yeah. Like not the little S self, the right? Like the big S <laughs> self. Yeah. I think that's that's so true. And I think that more people need to hear that and more people should, you know, consider that as part of their practice what do you guys see that's happening out in the community right now that that is uh that is important that you guys are seeing i mean you guys are out not only in the u.s but all over the world as far as our yoga community is concerned i know that there's been again it's it's a it's a practice that's been growing and it's huge now everywhere what do you guys see happening and um, what do you think is important for us as yoga teachers and as practitioners to be doing right now is? I think what I see a lot of, and particularly right now with like social media and with the internet mm-hmm. and things like Yoga Glow or Cody and stuff like that, I see a lot of people that are honestly looking for a connection. 
and community and whether that's online. I mean, if you like, we have classes on Cody and if you go on there, you can log your practices and all your things. And even within these little microcosms of social media, people are constantly reaching out and trying to make connection and trying to make friends and find ways to, to that be valuable and to be important. And yoga is this wonderful practice that you can do alone. So finding ways to bring that into a community, I think is really big. And I think we're seeing that a lot on the internet. It's the same with like Instagram challenges or whatever it is, you know, however you feel about those, Mm -hmm. there's still this, this bridge of connection between people through this sort of common myth of yoga, which is what I see a lot that no matter what style of yoga you're doing, it's this commonality in this community that I think people are really reaching for. Especially right now, I think everyone's a little fragmented. Yeah. So it feels like some way to connect, some way to feel less alone or whatever it is. Yeah. And I mean, for me, that's the most important part, right? That people can feel supported and less alone and worthy. And the rest is kind of like noise. Yeah. 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 I think yoga's obviously gotten much more popular recently. And so with that, you'll just have much, you'll have many more people who are casual practitioners. Mm-hmm. And I think that's led to a lot of event-based things that are uh, very good about bringing people together, which mm-hmm. is an amazing thing. And again, the power of common myth, which we could talk about forever, at least I could, uh, <laughs> is incredibly important. But it also takes away from some of the roots of the practice, mm-hmm. which is the dedicated student. And you don't see as many dedicated students, I would say. Um, you know? Yeah. But also it's because there's so much more information. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean dedicated students, like, oh, people don't practice anymore. I think more people are practicing than now than ever, ever by yeah. far, right? I agree. But you don't see people practicing one type of yoga as much, right? And you don't see people going to one teacher as much. And there's good and bad to both of those things, right? The good, obviously, you're getting a wider breadth of knowledge, right? The bad, it can be confusing, right? Who do I trust? What information is more Mm -hmm. accurate? And then you become, you have to become the owner of the decision of what you're going to do, which in reality is great, Mm -hmm. but for a lot of people, it's very challenging, right? Very, very challenging to accept that and to make the decision without pointing blame or without uh, getting righteous or developing a, what, what we call spiritual egos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, but, but it's true, right? But you know, <laughs> oh, I'm sticking with this teacher yeah. and this teacher is right and we are right and this group over here it's is wrong, wrong yeah. right? It's the, the and then, judgment, and then, but no judgment. Right, and then, exactly. And then no yoga dilemma. Yeah. And then you, you develop, you know, kind of a, a, I'm better than the other person. We're doing better yoga. This is here. real yoga. That's not, not real, real yoga. yoga. Yeah. And, and while I do believe there is, a, a, I, I do believe there is an activity of practicing yoga and there's an activity of being mindful and being awakened and being in the moment. I think those things are completely different. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there is some truth to all sides of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that having the that awareness or uh, the ability to have that self knowledge or that self agency is huge, and I think that part of what yoga does is it establishes that confidence within us, you know. But mm-hmm. 
I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, there's so much spiritual materialism mm-hmm. happening right yeah. now in the world. Tons. And it's like, and again, it's like, that's going to be the gateway. Yeah. Then so be it. I don't care how you're practicing or who you're, how you're stumbling in, into this practice. It doesn't matter, but there's, there has to be a moment of that awareness for you to be able to just take agency within yourself and not try to put your, uh, happiness into something else or your, uh, purpose for practicing because your teacher says this or because this person's saying that or because this is what everyone else is telling you to do. I'm curious for for both of you whether it was yoga or not or just your own life experience like at what moment did you feel that self-agency or did you feel that like you knew that this was the path for you? For me it definitely was through yoga. But it was also because I was just very closed off in my interests before mm-hmm. I started practicing. Mm-hmm. And I think yoga has allotted me just countless opportunities, right? In yeah. terms of practicing, in terms of teaching, in terms of traveling, in terms of world experiences, right? Like, I, how could I say that yoga hasn't broadened my horizons? But it is also giving me, like, clear physical things that I can point to, like, Without yoga, I would not have, like you said this earlier, without Garling, without yoga, I would not have went to all the places in the world I've been to. Yeah. Right? So, again, my perspective is 10 times broader. Even if I didn't do yoga anymore, if I just pretended to and taught the classes, right? <laughs> which is not true. But, which is not an option. Yeah, which is not for me. No, I, I need to practice very badly. But, right, even if I just pretended, right, and I went to these places, my I would have a bigger perspective yeah. of the world, right? And I think... That's something that's sorely lacking in America today. I mean, do you know how few people have passports, right? It's, it's, it's astounding, yeah. right? Very few people don't leave North America, whether it's due to their economic situation or lack of interest. Yeah. And that is really, really, really sad because people that travel, you gain perspective. You see how the other parts of the world actually function, not just the way that they're presented by the mainstream media or... Uh, the internet or whatever source you get your news from and you you just get more out of that you know what about for you Carly I think for me yoga was the thing and then for a while it wasn't the thing Mm. and then it's kind of become the thing and you know what I mean it's like this ebb and flow like for me yoga was this big awakening into like not having to be what I'm expected to be or be perfect. Or I came from a background of um, competitive cheerleading and things that were all... Do you all... consider that a sport, by the way? <laughs> well, yes, only because I did cheer when I was in elementary school. Oh, so you're outnumbered. Yes. <laughs> Continue. Yes. So you can probably relate to the... So... You can probably relate to the sentiment of like fake it till you make it. Yeah. Like it, it's if it's not perfect, do it again. Yeah. Right? Just do it till it is perfect. Do it till it is. Yeah. And so I mean, between and whether it's cheerleading or sports or anything, that sort of competitive atmosphere, I was always so competitive with myself. I didn't have any self worth or really know that much about myself because I was so ingrained in in how I was presented to everyone else. So for me, at first, yoga was this like giant sigh of relief of like, oh my god, it doesn't matter. And then I hit a while in my practice where yoga was all that mattered. And it was like, 
here I am again, but in a different setting. Mm-hmm. So I've gone through ups and downs with it being this ultimate source of like compassion and empathy and really like understanding who I am and what the my big big S self is. Yes. And then times where it's slipped into like, you know, you get this sort of I don't want to say obsession, but maybe it is like self-obsession with the practice. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, it's kind of a fun ride back and forth. And, yeah. and it, there actually is something lovely to this, like, reawakening of, like, oh, yes, this is the thing. This is why I do this. This is where I come yeah. back to. So I think it's like anything. It's the thing until it's not the thing. Yeah. And then maybe it's the thing again. Yeah. What do you, um, and this question is for both of you again. What about you? Oh. <laughs> what, what about me? Which part? Where? The yoga part. Your last question. You know, like, for me... It, it's pretty consistent as far as uh, meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's the con- I'll practice. I'll sit for like an hour, an hour and a half even. But was but was meditation like your transformative thing? Uh, yeah. 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 Cool. I would say so. Uh, asana was it for a little bit, mm-hmm. and definitely was the gateway to it. Um, but I would say that for the most part. Um, I feel like when there's times where I feel like I need to really challenge myself, like then, then those, those threads come in and I can really, uh, you know, push my body to the limits and, and really do that. Uh, but I think I definitely need more of that in my life because then the sitting sometimes becomes too, like, it doesn't do anything after a while. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, okay, I'm doing this because I've been doing this for years and yeah. now this is just like my practice, you know? And yeah. it went, it goes from this being the practice, like this almost like even elitist type of thing that mm-hmm. happens. This like ambivalent, like, oh, yeah. well, you know, like you only do asana so that you can sit and meditate mm-hmm. and I can sit and meditate for a long time. So it's like, even? yeah, but it's like, no, but you need, you need yoga asana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need it, you know, like that's just part of the process. And so, you know, I, I get, I go in the same, exact the same as, as you, Carling. It's like, I go, I can vacillate between like just wanting to be physical all the time to, you know, I just want to sit and like, Mm -hmm. I want to do 20 minutes of yin and like, Mm -hmm. then sit. Like, that's all I want to do. You know, that sounds great. I know it sounds, (laughs) but the thing is though, for me mentally though, I need I need the opposite, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's part of the practice and knowing yourself and yep. knowing when to yeah. do this practice and when you need that practice, you know. Um, but I think that that comes just with time, and and I think it's important for us to be able to address that both are okay, mm-hmm. you know. I agree. Yeah, like absolutely. both are okay, you know, and it's not it's not about having one or or the other. Uh, saying that, I'm interested in to hearing from both of you as far as where you think and especially as big big yoga teachers I would consider you guys like very influential yoga teachers in our spectrum you are you know and and so I think that it's important to get your opinion as far as where you see where you have instead of not where you see it going where you would like to see our community go or where would you like to see our community grow into in the next like five years? I think for me, the, the biggest thing that's important is open-mindedness and not letting yoga become another social identity. 
nothing drives me crazier than social identities and people trying to classify you as one thing or another because you because of one or two things that you do. Like anytime I go and do a live chat with, with whether it's on the social media or a panel or anything like that, you get asked all these ridiculous questions that are just based about social identities. Whether it's diet related, whether it's yoga related, whether it's you know health related, people always want to know all these like th these things that don't really make up who I actually am. It's just a way to classify me in a box, or classify you in a box, mm -hmm. or classify you in a box, or classify themselves in a box. Mm -hmm, and it's, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, yoga is these five boxes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when in reality, like that's not true at all. Like there's like mindfulness and, and awareness. It would would allow you or anybody you know, the opportunity to practice yoga on their own terms and accept other types of yoga on their own terms and find the types of practices that they need to stimulate their systems or calm down their systems based at the moment in their life that they're at, kind of what you were just talking about, right? Like, how do you actually really listen to yourself? How are you really mindful? How are you not just going and doing the motions of a practice because you've went to that same Tuesday class for the last five years? You know what I mean? And and that's the type of stuff that I really hope uh, begins to happen. Because what is any activity that you do if you don't constantly look at it um, and, you know, kind of observe what it's really bringing to you, right? And is that what you wanted from it? Is that what you needed from it? Mm -hmm. Is it helping you uh, accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. I believe yoga is a life enhancement activity. And if the only thing you do is yoga, you have nothing in your life to enhance. I think that's a very rough place to be, right? But if you have other aspects of your life that you can take these lessons you learn from self-study, these, these lessons that you learn for yourself, uh, and you can apply them there, you can have more patience in your relationship. You can have more trust in other people. You mm -hmm. can have more... Um, compassion for yourself, right? All these things are, are amazing mm -hmm. to have, but if you only apply them when you're on the, you know, two and a half by six foot rectangle of mat that you use, whatever material you, you know, your mat is, all of a sudden you're, you're limiting yourself. And I think, uh, I just don't want yoga to become another routine mm -hmm. because if it, if it becomes another routine, again, it's a social identity. It's just, it's no different than, uh, anything else you would classify yourself as. Yeah. I love that. That's so great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you, I think I just, I like that. I mean, you think yeah. once you lose the mindfulness, right. And it just becomes a mindless routine habit. It's yeah. like what you got out of it before might not be what you're getting out of it now, but if you don't take the time to stop and, you know, look you're at just it, doing it to do you're just it. doing it cause you do yeah. it and you've always done it. So you yeah. might as well keep yeah. doing it. Yeah. I mean, my biggest hope for, yoga particularly like modern postural yoga or even commercialized yoga if you want to look at it that way is that we can find a way to diversify a little bit and find a way to tell more interesting stories and show more interesting images um, or images that are more interesting to a broader um, population than just what we're seeing now or what we've been seeing forever right most of the stuff that we see in the yoga world is not representative of the people who are practicing. It might be representative of some of them, but not all of them. And it's it's just become a mirror of the rest of mainstream media. So if we could find a way, and while I know that you know myself as a white female, early 30s yoga teacher, 
I do sort of perpetuate the same stereotype, but if we can find a way to like get other people's voices out and get other people's stories going and create this normalcy around it rather than like a tokenism of like, oh, here's this one person, here's this one story, this special case, when it's not a special case. Everything is a special case and everyone's doing really phenomenal things, but we don't get to see them because for some reason we've decided that they don't matter as much as like, you know, the skinny blonde 5'9 female, which nothing wrong if that's you, but unfortunately most people don't look like that. So how does it feel to look through Instagram or through every ad and never see yourself? Yeah. It feels pretty crappy. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be my hope is that somehow along the way that enough of us can speak up or, you know, say no thank you to companies that promote that stuff or, you know, find a way to interject our voices um, and make everyone heard a little bit more. Yeah, like more inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and this is a topic that I just actually, I had uh, Lauren Ash and Dion Ivory from Black Girl and Ohm podcast, mm. and we, we talked about that. And, um, and I think it's something very, you're right, it's just underrepresentation, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that the more that this community continues to grow, I think that they're more... Uh, people were, will bring more awareness and speak out more mm-hmm. and like create more uh, brands that are more inclusive mm-hmm. and have more podcasts to to you know talk about these these topics mm-hmm. you know. But I, I love what you both said, um, Patrick, about being uh, unlimited. Really, it's yeah. like yoga is about becoming unlimited, mm-hmm. and yoga is more than just what we're on the outside, right? It's definitely about what is happening internally. So um, I want to hang out with you guys forever, but unfortunately, (laughs) I want to respect your time. Um, So I only have a couple more questions, and um, and then we'll we'll. Where do you hope yoga goes? Because we had to question you a little bit as well. Oh, (laughs) why don't you have me on your podcast, and then the tables will turn. We can do that, but to come on our podcast, you have to read the book of the week. We talked about this, right? Yeah. What is what is the book of the week? Tell so, me. It's whatever book it is. Whatever it is. Whatever, whatever yeah. you want to come on. You're you're welcome to okay. join. Do I get to pick or it's the book that you guys pick? Well, we'd be open to a guest a guest, a guest choice book. of guest book. choice. Yeah, okay. we have a schedule, but we're totally open to it. All right, I would like in. to see what the schedule is. Um Yeah, I'll come on the podcast and answer <laughs> the question. Um It gets personal now. So for is there any sort of like non-negotiables for you guys like when I say non-negotiables I mean like these are some words of wisdom I live by or like my life wouldn't be the way it is unless I did dot 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 or I would never dot 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 like non-negotiables you know like for me like I I have to do some sort of meditative practice in the morning or else like I literally have convinced myself so much that I wouldn't be able to function Mm -hmm. that like I wouldn't be able to function yeah you know non-negotiable like I need to have like quiet time in the morning Mm -hmm. non-negotiable for for me it's just like breathing air like every (laughs) 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 eating food like three times a day (laughs) non-negotiable okay (laughs) that works uh Kind of sitting in a bit more of your question. I think for me, it, it's so base level. It's, it's just physical activity. Yeah. Like, I have to move. My body like almost requires that. And I think it's, it's trained into me so much just from a, a young age. I'm so... My mind is so conditioned to doing movement. Like, 
we didn't have TV growing up. My parents like go outside, right? <laughs> Literally, there's just kids go across outside. the street. Like go, go on, go do something. Outside. Yeah, yeah no, like, that's great. Like don't do this. Like do that. You know, and so, um, which is obviously great. It really, you know, forced me to meet the kids across the street. <laughs> I have a lot of great, have a lot of great memories. But also, just I'm very, I'm very conditioned, just being super active, and so. Uh, I think that that is probably my biggest non-negotiable is, uh, you know, just moving and appreciating it too because uh, you, you can go through times or whenever when you don't have as, as much time to do the things that you want to do. But like, for example, today, uh, I did yoga this morning. We rock climbed. We're going to do this podcast. We're going to record our podcast <laughs> and we'll probably practice again later, right? And that's probably an overabundance of activity for one day. <laughs> but... Um, but you know, when, but but yeah, but when you have the opportunity, uh, you know, to, to, to move and stuff, I, I I just believe in, I think it's the, it's the most, uh, it's the most natural thing in the world, right? Like, and really not kidding, like breathing, eating and moving. And so many people forget about moving now because we live in this society of over convenience. Yes. I mean, it's, it's insane. Like. Okay, if you live in Seattle, you can literally get Amazon deliveries the same day. Like in an, in hours, an hour. In hours. Anything. Right? Like you can order something on the internet. Anything. Oh. You can what? order anything on the internet and have it in hours, right? And so, like, there's, and that's going to soon be in many, many more places. You know what I mean? Like, there's all Crazy. these, the, the culture is so convenient that so it's like, why leave your house? Yeah. You don't have. True. You know what I mean? It's, it's, that's not what what any creature on this earth does yeah right none of them do that no. right and i think the you know that gets into many many bigger conversations but if, if you forget to move you're really just doing yourself a disservice yeah it just reminds me of the time we were we had a coconut that we really wanted to open but we didn't have anything to open well, it with. Tell the full story. You were doing okay. Okay. Tell okay. story. Well, so I was doing this um, this cooking course with uh, Matthew Kinney. I don't know. He's like this raw vegan chef who has a bunch of restaurants and I really love food and I am a nutritionist and a wellness consultant so it's right up my alley. So I was doing this long course and I had to crack like 12 coconuts for this, this by recipe. tomorrow this is it like for food prep for food prep so I had to crack like 12 coconuts clean them out do all the stuff and it was like 7 p.m. and I we were at Patrick's parents house and I had no way to open these coconuts I'm like oh my god what are we gonna do like I don't know so we go on Amazon and Dolls I order in. a hatchet a, a giant like a, a serious no. hatchet on Amazon <laughs> on Amazon Prime I ordered a hatchet and I also needed a ton of cashews because I was making some nut cheese. So I ordered a hatchet and five pounds of raw cashews on Amazon Prime and they brought it to the doorstep in 30 minutes. A, a hatchet. No, you can't on here. That's right. That is crazy. How is this even an option that you can deliver a hatchet to my house at 10 p.m.? At night. Yeah, in the evening, like in the dark, in winter, in the dark, they brought me a hatchet and five pounds of cashews. Yeah. It's the magic of Amazon. And then I had to crack all the coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, did It was going to take way longer if I did it. So oh, we had to man. <laughs> she was scared of the hatchet. It was pretty big. Blessing. It is. It's, it was serious. I just, yeah, it's, it was pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. So needless <laughs> to say, all 12 coconuts got cracked and That's mission great. accomplished. I love that I'm like, what was your non-negotiable? And we got on the subject of <laughs> cutting coconuts. What's oh. your non-negotiable, Carling? 
I, my not negotiable is it's different than Patrick's. Like Patrick has to move. I, the beauty of our relationship is that Patrick gets me to move more, right? Like I'm not a type A person. I could just do yin and restorative and sit and meditate and be like, I'm good. So he's the one that's like, yeah, let's do more. And so then that little bit of encouragement is helpful. But for me, I really need like a little bit of alone time every day. And whether that's on the road or, you know, teaching workshops or trainings, my brain sort of gets overloaded or my nervous system when there's a lot of people around and I can kind of thrive on it to an extent. And then I need like a full chunk of recharge time. So whether it's like 15 minutes just by myself in the backyard with like matcha or coffee and just Mm -hmm. that, whatever it is, I can't just go, go, go. I have to like have a little bit of time to chill out and then I can pump it back up again. (laughs) So you need that downtime. That's your non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I start to short circuit otherwise. Okay, lightning round. All right. What advice? Go for it. Is that all right? Yeah. All right. What advice would you give your fifteen-year-old self? Dump the boyfriend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I would invite my 15 year old self to explore my own interests. I was such a creature of like, what's cool? What is everyone else doing? I don't think I spent a lot of time exploring what I was actually interested in. And the few things that I was more interested in that weren't like super mainstream, I kind of hid them. Like it wasn't cool to be doing those things. So I didn't Mm -hmm. do them. And I wish that I would have given myself permission to actually figure out what my interests were and, you know, who I was outside of, like, the larger populace. Mm. So I would give myself permission to, like, be me. Wow. Cool. Listen more without taking everything as truth. Listen. Wow. That's good. Uh, What advice would you give? No. Sorry. Reframe. What advice would your 60-year-old self tell you now? Probably to trust the process. Yeah. Carling? Yeah, that you already have it all. That there's no if, when. Like, it's only now. Mm. Stop wasting time. (sighs) Love that. I love (laughs) it when our older self gives us, like, those little gems, words of wisdom. So, uh, final question. Radically Loved was created as a forum for, uh, you know, me to talk to other people, teachers, creatives, just people in the world that are out there like doing what they love to do, living their passion and feeling the support of the universe, right? It's the idea that we are radically loved by the God of your understanding, source, goddess, baby Buddha, baby Krishna, whatever it is (laughs) for you, we are completely supported. The universe works for us and not against us. So the question, and for both of you, will be, how do you feel radically loved, and what do you radically love? Mm. Patrick, you go first. Nope, God said it first. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hard question. Hard hitting here. Dateline next week. (laughs) (laughs) 60 minutes. Okay, give me a hot second. As much time as you need. What is it again? What? How? How how do you feel radically loved? Yeah. And 
what do you radically love? This is the hardest question yet. How do you feel do radically you, loved? you look like you're ready. I mean, I can always talk. All right, I saw you. Practice spontaneity right now. Do yeah, it. Perfect. I think for me, I radically love life and the experiences that it brings. Over the last couple of years, I've studied many different forms of Tantra and uh, it's been really interesting stuff. But one of the things that I really learned from it is that everything is a form of experiencing consciousness, meaning that that what you are, what I am, what everybody is, is a, is, is a form of, of consciousness trying to experience the, whatever the truth is of this world. And the fact that we all have this opportunity to experience consciousness in a completely different way and, uh, and grow from that experience and also just to be part of life. I mean, what it's, it's, it's a corny thing to say, but it really is a gift and it's a gift to have the, you know, the, the opportunities to, to look deeper and to ask questions and to, um, continue to seek love in many different forms. I think that it's challenging to break stereotypes and to, uh, you know, move away from, you know, the, the American dream of white picket fences and green grass front yards and 2.3 kids running <laughs> through the front yard, you know what I'm saying? And these, these truths, but the more you can, you can find your own awareness of love and your own, uh, definition of what love means to you and how you can, uh, be a full participant in that experience and in that level of consciousness, I think it really, um, at least for me, has changed my outlook and changed my life. And, well, I mean, I guess that answer is <laughs> how you feel radically loved if you allow yourself in that experience, yeah. and that's what it is. Yeah. Carlin? I think I feel the most radically loved in, even if it's really little, but moments of connection, especially, like, whether it's via the internet, whether someone writes you an email, or whether it's after workshops, or when I'm teaching classes, just those moments where you realize that people feel less alone, or that you feel less alone. Because for me, that's all that really matters when I'm teaching. I mean, alignment's important, yoga's important, yada, 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 but like the fact that people showed up, and the fact that people are there and they feel safe, that's honestly my most important thing, and I think that's really my purpose as a teacher and so for me I feel radically loved when I can feel that someone else feels that if that makes sense like the empathetic connection of like you're here I'm here we're all equals we're all doing the same work and like that's what it's about so I feel really supported in those moments and to me that's that's radical love mm. and you radically love radically love You don't have to. You can radically love your dog <laughs> and your partner. Oh, dog over me all day. <laughs> I do. I'm always like, anytime anyone ever asks me, Tori's like, it's Chewy, of course. I'm like, it's true. It's true. I do radically love yokai a lot. But actually, I think 
and I'm actually surprised that I'm saying this, but I think I radically love life right now. And I don't think I always have. But mm-hmm. right now, shockingly, and I just turned 30, I've never felt so comfortable in my own skin. I've never felt happier and like more in the moment. And that's pretty radical. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and you're awesome as well. Oh, you stop it. Um, so where can people connect with you guys if they want more information on uh, potential trainings that you guys are doing, workshops, or how could they uh, listen to your podcasts? Like, tell us where to go. Well, you can find most everything that we do by typing our names into Google. <laughs> we are a lot of places on the internet. But patrickandcarling.com takes you to both of our websites with travel schedule and teacher training details. And you can catch up with our podcast. It's called The Breathing Club. And it's on iTunes and Stitcher. And we- Soon to be Stitcher. Don't lie yet. It could be <laughs> by Stitcher. The- by the time this comes out, it could be Stitcher. <laughs> and of course, Instagram. Instagram. Mine's Patrick Beach. Yours is Carly Nicole. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, we post things on YouTube. But... We kind of got our fingers in a lot. Yeah. So, so on for everyone listening on this podcast, if you click on info, all of those links will be on there. So you can click to go to their website, subscribe to their podcast, and you can follow them on social media. And that's it. That's it. They'll be on again, I hope. Yes, I'm excited. Ma'am. Of course. And they'll be on ours. Yay! Just when you book book. Book. I gotta book just read the book. Week. I'm excited. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone, thanks for listening. And let us know what you thought. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening. You know, I thought it'd be really cool to start asking all of you guys to send me screenshots of you listening to the podcast. A lot of you are already doing it on Insta stories or just sending me uh, a picture on Instagram or tagging me in it. And I love it. I It makes me so happy to be able to see that you're listening or that this podcast is somehow providing some sort of value into your life. It makes me so happy. One thing we are going to start to do is take listener questions. I know that a lot of you already send me questions through Instagram or Twitter or uh, via email, but we would love to hear from you and we would love to actually have you on the show and you can send us questions about anything, yoga, meditation, uh, coaching. If you have a question for me or one of our past guests, email us and let us know and maybe we can have you on the show. It'd be so much fun. You can email info at radicallyloved.com Or you can send me a screenshot or a message at Rosie Acosta on Instagram uh, or Twitter, either or. But we would love to hear from you. And again, deepest gratitude. You are radically loved. And let's just love on each other all the time. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening.